Welcome back to Saturday Night Stories from the University of California, San Francisco, where we bring you personal stories from the people solving some of the most difficult challenges in human health. Each episode dives into the curiosity, inspiration, and sacrifice it takes to overcome formidable obstacles and to make extraordinary breakthroughs for the benefit of everyone. I'm your host, Liz Neely. Today's story comes from the director of UCSF's Division of Citywide Case Management Programs, which supports people struggling with severe mental illness. Here is Dr. Fumi Mitsuishi. I had just dropped off my kid at his babysitter when I got a call from a colleague. He said, hey, I've got some sad news. Jean-Baptiste was found dead on the street. So I held it together until I called his case manager, who was probably the closest person to him on the team, and I hurried home to find a place to cry. I had been Jean-Baptiste's psychiatrist for the last eight years at the clinic that I direct And this is where we treat people who experience homelessness and severe mental illness. I can still remember the first time I met Jean-Baptiste. He appeared looking so sharp. He had plaid pants. uh, I think it was like a velvet beige blazer and a really smart looking hat. He could speak three different African languages as well as Russian and French. His languages were a product of his migration story. He had to leave his home country because of a civil war and became a refugee to France, then to Russia, and then to the US. So at the clinic, he spoke Russian with his case manager and French with me. So when the three of us met, it felt like we were enveloping him in this bubble of language. It was easy for me to connect with Jean-Baptiste. He was around the same age as me, and we shared a history of immigration. When I spoke with him, I felt propelled back to an older self, a young person of color who existed in a white European space back in the early 90s. So he felt a little bit like family to me. And just like you do with family, I accompanied him through his highs and his lows. He had a lot of lows like being incarcerated or having multiple relapses or having really scary hallucinations when he detoxified from alcohol. And when he had those lows, at first I felt scared from him, worried about what would happen to him. But then over time, I'm ashamed to say, I settled into a kind of slumped resignation. He also had a lot of really beautiful highs including getting U.S. citizenship and permanent housing and connecting back with his family in his home country. And when he had those highs, it felt like the first day of spring after a long winter. So I wanted to tell his story, to memorialize him, to try to not forget him, but I felt stuck between two competing issues. 
on the one hand, this was his story, so I was worried about his privacy. And on the other, it felt a little personal, like my story. It felt like speaking about this story was about figuring myself out. And I could remember an attending in med school warning me that it's not okay to try to use your own patient's story to figure yourself out. So, you know, I bottled it up and put on my administrator hat and focused in on the numbers. Jean-Baptiste was not the only deaf that our clinic had witnessed since COVID. And I tried to figure out how many people had died, why were they dying, and could we prevent those deaths? What I found was really tragic. Even on a good year, people with severe mental illness, like the folks at my clinic, die 15 to 25 years earlier than most of us. And now since COVID, the death rate at my clinic had doubled, which meant that the death rate at my clinic was 13 times higher than what was expected in the general population in California. And on top of it, this meant that our staff at the clinic were experiencing these deaths, just like me. It felt like their clients were their family. And so to see so many people die was incredibly hard. So I worried about that. And then my dad was diagnosed with cancer with a really poor prognosis. I had always been afraid of not getting to say goodbye to my parents. And when I decided to build my life here in California, and they went back to their home country in Japan, that fear amplified. And now with COVID, it was a lot worse. And I think everyone can relate with that. That's when I started to think about Jean-Baptiste again. And that's because he had a ghost. Jean-Baptiste's dad passed away when Jean-Baptiste was a teenager and a refugee in France. And he never got to say goodbye to him. Jean-Baptiste's dad had been a huge figure in his mind. So when he got really sick and he started to have hallucinations, he started to see his dad. His dad would say, why have you abandoned us? You should be ashamed of yourself. So I started to imagine, what would my dad say if he appeared after he passed away? And I just heard my dad's reassuring voice. He said, it's going to be okay. I'm very proud of you. And then that's when it dawned on me. This wasn't my story or Jean-Baptiste's story. It was really our story. And in getting to our story, I did have to figure myself out. And that that exercise was actually necessary for me to reach into my compassion. I need my compassion when I see somebody on the street asking me for change. And I can imagine that they have a dad, that they have highs and lows, and that they have a rich inner life. And it is that compassion that fuels me every day to want to change the systems and make them a little bit more fair for everybody. This story makes me 
think that I hope we all can know ourselves and to see each other for everything that we are, both the light and the dark, these utterly unique individuals experiencing shared, maybe even universal human struggles. I hope we can listen to stories like these and remember that we are never truly alone. Dr. Fumi Mitsuishi is an associate professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences. She also directs the UCSF Division of Citywide Case Management Programs, which supports people like Jean-Baptiste who struggle with severe mental illness and poverty in San Francisco. COVID-19, as you can imagine, has made this challenging work even more difficult. But Dr. Mitsuishi and her team are committed and creative problem solvers. After the pandemic made in-person care impossible, for example, they raised the money that they needed to distribute hundreds of cell phones to their clients to stay in touch and to provide telehealth visits. I think this embodies their commitment to psychiatric care that is comprehensive, compassionate, and culturally competent. To learn more about the brilliant minds taking on the most difficult problems in human biology and health, please visit our website at campaign.ucsf.edu and follow us on social media at UCSF. If you're enjoying this podcast, please also remember to rate or review the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. This will help others find us so that we can keep on sharing great stories. Thank you to Matt Logan for providing his original song for the credits music. Matt helps hospitalized children manage pain, build resilience, and find joy. As a board-certified music therapist for the music therapy program at UCSF Benioff's Children's Hospital, San Francisco. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for listening to Saturday Night Stories. <laughs>